RC. See you out there, boy. Yeah. See you. Yeah. I gave you fair warning. Y'all ready? I gave you fair warning. Beware. I went mic on the mic. What's up, the brand new one time for your mind? He gave you fair warning. Now it's time to smack him in the mouth with that raw sports talk from the town. Sweet chin music to your favorite sportscaster. Mike on the mic with sports talk that matters. Reppin' for the West, see the palms in the logo. Mike on the mic, sports pod, let's go. I gave you fair warning, beware. Smack him in the mouth. You are listening to episode 10 of the Mike on the Mic Sports Podcast. I am Mike, and I am on the mic of the most electrifying sports podcast in the game today. How is everyone doing this week? Good. That's good to hear. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that you all are doing amazing, as I am as well. This week on TikTok, breaking news, Mike on the Mic went viral. That's what I'll call it. We have over half a million hits on some random 10-second video that I made during the Sunday night football game. So that was kind of crazy. If you want to check us out on all of our social medias, we create half a million view producing content now. Officially create half a million view content at this point. It's the dumbest video ever. If you go and check it out, you'll be like, this one viral? Really, Mike? This is what you're bragging about? (laughs) But anyways... If you want to check out the social medias, you can go basically to any social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok now. You could just type in Mike on the Mike Sports Podcast, and it's probably going to come up. It's going to be the logo to the show, which you probably see on the episode if you look at the picture to the episode as the profile picture. That's how you know it's me. If you have any issues finding it, well, you can't really message me if you can't find it. So, find it. (laughs) Anyways... Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I got a jam-packed show, as I do every single week for y'all. We're only going to do two topics this week. There's a lot going on. Not even going to get into it. But anyways, the two topics I'm going to go over is my NFL pickums, which I do every single week. A solid 30 minutes every single week. I'm going to give a pickums for week five and what's going to happen in each game and kind of give you a little review of what happened in week four. And then after that, the, the, the other topic we'll be talking about is Mike's Rules of Five. I'm going to go over some of the young quarterbacks in the NFL, and I'm going to determine whether they will last 5, 10, or 15 years in the league as starting quarterbacks. So that's the show for today. Thanks for tuning in. Definitely go check us out on all those social media platforms, as I said. And let's get into these NFL pickums. Did pretty good last week. These kids are ready. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, oh, oh. I think I got my swagger back. <laughs> I love that video clip. Anyways, I think I did get my swagger back. So we had 11 wins in week four for the NFL Pickums after a very tough week three. We had slid all the way to last in the competition, and now we're back up for second, tied for second. So big week um, to, to get these games, especially games like the Bengals game that we predicted right over the Jaguars, or the Vikings game over the Texans. Those two kind of separated us from everyone else. I wish I wouldn't have picked the Jets to beat the Broncos. I just thought the, John, the Broncos were so hurt. They were going to struggle to beat the Jets. The Jets are that bad that even half a team can can beat them. So 
probably not picking the Jets for the rest of the season, to be honest. I mean, I'll take my chances with uh, going ahead and taking the under on the Jets getting some wins this season. Anyways, let's stop looking at the past, because if we live in the past, we won't be ready for the future. And the future is the Week 5 NFL Pick'ems, and let's get straight into them. Thursday Night Football, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to Chicago to play the Chicago Bears. Both teams are sitting at 3-1, and one, but you can argue that the Chicago Bears are probably the weakest 3-1 and one team, maybe in NFL history, but definitely this season. As you see, the first three games they won, they won 3-0 to start the season. Very close wins and, and, and blown gains by their opponents, really. The Lions dropping that pass, the Falcons blowing that lead. The Bears are a couple of plays away from being 0-4 versus being 3-1. and So, got to take it with a grain of salt when you see the Chicago Bears record at 3-1 and this year. Tom Brady got his swagger back against the Chargers last week. <laughs> wow, that was a lot of fun to watch as a Chargers fan. I watched very closely as Tommy Bay picked us apart in the second half. Five touchdown passes. Ridiculous. The Bucks are clicking, and that should frighten everyone in the NFL right now. The Bears offense will hold the Bears back and hold the Bears from, from finding lasting success off of this great start to the record. I think they give up on Mitch way too early to go to Nick Foles because now there's no turning back. You kind of have to go with Foles for the rest of the season unless Foles, unfortunately, gets injured. Trubisky's whole confidence has to be killed, knowing that his coach benched him when they were 3-0. That really says something. That says something about what uh, Matt Nagy thinks about Mitchell Trubisky if you bench your quarterback when you're 3-0. I'm going to take Tampa Bay to win this game with a sprinkle of a hot take. Two Rob Gronkowski TDs. O.J. Howard is out. On primetime, you're going to see Gronkowski score two touchdowns against the Chicago Bears, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to roll the Bears in front of everyone. So we're all going to continue to hate on the Bears, even though they have a winning record. Moving on to Sunday, the Cincinnati Bengals are traveling to Baltimore to play the Baltimore Ravens, and here we go again. The Ravens continue to just dominate these bad teams that are on their schedule. And like I predicted, last week the Ravens came out in a rage after the Week 3 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Look to see that carry over this week into Cincinnati where they will play the rookie QB-led Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow is having a great start to his career. He looks very poised. That's my biggest takeaway about Joe Burrow. No matter what happens in the game, he comes to the sideline and he almost looks bored. He's so calm, <laughs> which is scary to think about when he starts clicking and the whole offense starts clicking. They can build a line around him. They have the receivers. They have the running back. They just don't have an O-line that can hold up. He's getting killed every game constantly, at least once a drive. So they got to work on the offensive line. They got to work on getting some protection for their young quarterback. For now, they're about to see a really tough Ravens defense and overall a tough Ravens team. And they're going to pound Cincy. And this is going to continue with the Ravens every time they play one of these weak teams where they just come out and they just demolish them. The Ravens need to focus on getting over the big games like the Kansas City Chiefs more than these smaller games. These are kind of just confidence builders to go into those bigger games. I see the Ravens improving to 4-1 and one this week with a big win over the Cincinnati Bengals in Baltimore. Next, we have the Raiders traveling to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. Speak of the devil. Literally the devil. After starting 2-0, the Raiders' progress has been halted with back-to-back -back losses. The Chiefs are still undefeated, and I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. 
I think that they're ready to, to tear the Raiders up in the second half as they've been tearing up teams every single week in those third and fourth quarters because you just run out of gas eventually. You can't keep up with all the speed they have on this offense and the great quarterback play of Patrick Mahomes and just the relentless play calling of Andy Reid. He doesn't back down just because they're struggling in the first half. No, if anything, he, he double antes up, and it works out when you have players like Tyree Kill, like Travis Kelsey, like Patrick Mahomes, and the emerging Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The Chiefs are a very, very good offense. They're a very, very good team, and as long as that defense stays in the top 15 or top 10 in the NFL – this team is unbeatable. I'm straight up saying it. This team is unbeatable unless they have a terrible game. Everyone plays bad at the same time, which is very unlikely when you have ca- uh, players this caliber. If the Raiders can't dominate the time of possession and the ground and pound as they did in the first two games, they stand no chance of keeping up with KC, and the Raiders stand no chance at being a really good NFL team. They really rely on that run game, and as you've seen, they've needed to pass the last couple games and it just hasn't worked out. Kansas City will be undefeated after this week, and they're going to be 5-0 after beating the Raiders in Las Vegas. Well, actually, no. After beating the Raiders in Kansas City. Next, we have the Buffalo Bills traveling to Tennessee to play the Titans. The Titans are looking real sketchy right now with the whole COVID thing going on. Now there's reports that they were practicing away from the facility after it was closed down, and more players are testing positive from the Titans. So who knows what's going to happen there with the Tennessee Titans. But if this game does go on as originally scheduled, I'm sure the Titans will be down a few players due to the COVID outbreak. The classic battle of offense versus defense that you see every week. Other than Chicago, the Titans are the closest to losing this undefeated start every single week. Every single week, they've been barely by the hair on their chinny-chin-chins pulling off these really close victories, and they've done it consecutively three weeks in a row. They're 3-0, and then they had the, the week four bye due to the COVID outbreak. And now with the COVID outbreak within the locker room, I just don't know what the Titans are going to do against good teams like the Steelers would have been last week and good teams like the Bills this week. You can't just play around with them in the first half and then and come roaring back against good teams like this. And I don't see the Titans being able to do it, especially not at full strength versus the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is performing at an elite level this year to start the NFL season, and I think he's going to keep that going you know, towards midseason until he starts seeing some uh, bigger opponents, and especially into those Patriots games, because those are going to be some uh, bloodbaths. <laughs> you know, they're going to be battles, Patriots versus Bills this year. So I'm taking the Bills, like the Chiefs, to go 5-0. and 5-0. and Two 5-0 and teams in the AFC. Pretty awesome, actually. Pretty pretty awesome. It's kind of, kind of the narrative I predict for the Bills so far. Just, you know, a, a large jump in offense with the move for Stephon Diggs and just similar style of defense going into week five. Hopefully they can keep that going. Moving on to the Cardinals, visiting New York to play the Jets. All right, AZ, it's time to get back on track. We had a few off games. Your youth showed a little bit. This is still a rebuilding team. They're still kind of in the middle of a rebuild, so the last two games, you've seen that. You know, they started off hot. They got that 3-0 start. They beat San Fran week one when San Fran still had a lot of their players. Everyone was high on the Cardinals. I'm high on the Cardinals, even into the offseason this year. I've been high on the Cardinals. But now it's time to come back to earth and realize, you know, you are a young team. We can't, we're can't. we not going to dominate everyone. Let's go out and play some football, and the Jets are a perfect team to do that against. How long will this, this Jets and Gase thing keep up? We saw Bill O'Brien get fired this week. What's going to happen with Adam Gase? How long is it going to take for the Jets to wake up and say, okay, this is just hurting us. It's hurting our, our young quarterback. It's hurting our team in general. 
No one's behind this guy. You can tell none of the players are behind this guy. Sam Donald's out there running for his damn life. It, it's just it's just a mess in New York right now, and the Cardinals are going to get it together and have a dominant win over NYJ, build some confidence, and get back on track this week as Seattle is taking off with that division, and the Rams are looking really good in that division. So the Cardinals know they need to win these games that they should win. They need to beat teams like the Panthers they lost last week, and they need to beat teams like the Jets who they play this week. The Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Pittsburgh to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one's going to be a fun one, right? Before Sunday night's San Fran game, I had not seen the Eagles really play in a game yet. Like, I've been seeing highlights. I've heard people talking about Carson Wentz having zero help on offense and Carson Wentz struggling on offense. But I hadn't actually seen it in person yet because none of the games have been primetime. I've only seen highlights from the Eagles games. I watch highlights to every game at the end of the week. And I've seen, you know, what they're talking about, but when you're watching the highlights, you don't necessarily see Carson Wentz getting sacked or hit 10 times a game. (laughs) When I watched that Sunday night game, it hit me in the face. Like, people are not kidding. They're not being dramatic. Carson Wentz has no one around him to help him. And Alshon Jeffrey might be back for this game, and that'll be a big help to them. But overall, the O-line is the focus here. They need to play better because they're going to get absolutely wrecked by the Steelers defense if they don't get it together this week and play the best game of the season. And this thing could get really ugly, especially senior quarterback get teed off on all game with this dominant D-line and dominant linebackers. Luckily for Philly, the defense made the plays to get the win last week still, despite all of this. And and they ended up getting the win against San Fran. That was another big one that we got last week in the pick was picking Philly to beat San Fran. No one else picked them. I just knew they were a real desperate team. And a lot of times when desperate teams get this desperate... They make plays. You know, they make the plays they need to make. They're a little bit more aggressive, and they get that win that they desperately need. Now that they've won a game, that's off the off their shoulders, and you got to go into Pittsburgh and play the Steelers. I don't know how you're going to be able to, to keep the same motivation to play a team that is red hot, undefeated, and coming off of a bye week. So they even got a little bit healthier going into this game. This isn't San Fran, man. This is not the injury-riddled San Francisco 49ers. Philly is in for a rude awakening this week teasing peace for Carson Wentz because they're going to be coming at him I'm taking the Steelers to win this game next we have the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling to Houston to play the Texans here we go both these teams need wins really bad the Jaguars gave the Dolphins their only win two weeks ago and then this last week the Jaguars gave the Bengals their first win which was predicted by yours truly the tank for Trevor movement, it continues on as the Jaguars will be the Houston Texans' first win of the season. This is a big win for the Texans, especially looking at what happened this last week. They lost their GM and their coach, Bill O'Brien, who was just taking on too much, in my opinion. He was doing so much for that organization and doing every single job poorly, it seemed like. So he was doing all these jobs and doing them all poorly, which was just leading to the Texans going downhill versus uphill when they were on an uphill build prior to this season so here the Texans are they just lost to the Vikings they're 0-4 you're playing the Jaguars this is your first game with the new interim head coach your players are going to rally around him and they're going to get this win and I think that the Texans are finally going to get on the, the win column I think the Texans are going to finish the season above 500 now that they got rid of Bill O'Brien there's something to play for there's a future here but you know starting down 0-4 it's really hard to make the playoffs after that and even if you know the the Texans can strain together five or six wins in a row. That will bring them above 500, and you're still kind of right there on the bubble as far as 
the playoff picture. And at the end of the day, when they play good teams, they're still a depleted roster at this point, and they're still you know injury filled. They don't have a receiver that can really do anything at the level that D Hop could do, and you can see how much it's hurt this team. JJ Watt might be looking at retirement soon, so hopefully uh, he has a good send off towards the end of the season. But I see the Texans winning this game against Jacksonville, putting it together, and getting that first win. Moving on, we have the Los Angeles Rams going to Washington to play the Washington football team, the Washington, D.C. football team. The Rams should easily win this game, but they let the Giants stick around last week, and ultimately the Giants had a shot to beat them last week. Just didn't have enough firepower on offense. They better not do this versus the Washington football team. Not only did Washington just make a quarterback change to uh, Kyle Allen, former Carolina Panthers quarterback when Cam Newton was injured. Ron Rivera's worked with him before. I expect the offense to get a little bit more efficient under him just because he knows what Ron Rivera wants done on that offense. The Washington football team is losing, but they're showing out in each game. You see Scary Terry have a good game last week. You see the defense have a good game another week. Washington football team isn't going to go nowhere, but the young talent is showing, and the fact that they have something there is showing. And in the next couple of years, Washington is going to be competitive in the division. I mean, they're technically competitive right now, which is sad to say, but <laughs> they will be competitive, seriously competitive for that division in years coming, as long as they can keep this rebuild going and they can find whoever their franchise quarterback is going to be. So the Rams sleep on Washington and you could get upset. This could be the upset of the week. I'm not going to predict them to upset the Rams. But I'm just saying if the Rams play like they did against the Giants, this Washington football team can upset them and can make big news this week. But overall, I'm taking the Rams to win. They're a much better team. I was kind of wrong about the Rams in the offseason. I was real low on them. They lost a lot of pieces, but the guys that are there are stepping up. Guys like Jalen Ramsey, he had a big game last week. Guys like Aaron Donald, these guys are stepping up, and they're making plays defensively. The offense needs to get it going, and they need to take care of business. Taking the Rams to beat Washington. Here we go. Interesting game. we got the Carolina Panthers traveling to Atlanta to play the Falcons. Oh, man, that was rough to watch. Green Bay just dismantled the Falcons last week. They got it all clicking, and they just dominated. This matchup is the perfect opportunity, though, for the Falcons to get their first win of the season. The Panthers' offense has been steady, but far from what you would call high-powered or able to keep up with the offense like the Falcons. The Falcons will win a shootout versus Teddy and the cmc list Panthers. Since CMC's injury, the Panthers are undefeated, but I'm going to take the Falcons to get their first win of the season. Over the Panthers, just because I think they're going to be able to score more points than the Panthers if this turns into a shootout, which I think it will. The Panthers are young on defense. They've had a couple good games. They played good last week against Kyler. But if they can get Julio and Calvin Ridley out on the field, I think that the Falcons can definitely take care of business. I think the Falcons can definitely outscore these Panthers and hang on to a lead for the first time this year. So one of four Falcons, here we come. <laughs> and the two and three Panthers. The Miami Dolphins have a trip to San Francisco booked as they go on to play the 49ers in Week 5. The, the Niners' injuries showed and caught up to them last week against Philly. They needed Jimmy G's ball security at the end of that game, and they needed their team basically for the end of that game to close it out. The 49ers fell apart under Mullins, but once C.J. Beathard got in there, we got to see a little gleam of hope. And history has shown, as he's played before, that he can ball. And I assume Beathard will get the start this week with Debo working back into the offense slowly. I think the 49ers just have enough to beat the rebuilding Dolphins. This would be a good game to roll out Tua, but I don't think the Dolphins are going to do it. They're being extremely patient and extremely cautious with the uh, rolling out of their 
rookie quarterback, which which makes sense. The Dolphins aren't ready to make the leap yet. So, you know, being patient with your quarterback in a season where you don't need to force him into the game makes sense. I'm taking San Francisco 49ers to beat Fitzpatrick. I'm taking San Francisco 49ers defense to win this game for them. I'm taking San Fran to beat Miami in San Francisco this week. Broncos at Patriots. Here's an interesting game. The Patriots need Cam back as soon as possible. Both Hoyer and Stidham looked awful when the Patriots needed them to throw at the end of that game. And Hoyer actually got benched for Stidham. Stidham came in and did worse than Hoyer. So that's not a good sign for the Patriots. And if you're a Patriots fan, you should be pleading that Cam can play in this game. If Cam is back, then this should be an easy, solid win for the Patriots. The Broncos are absolutely riddled with injuries this year. Absolutely destroyed. The roster is basically not like what it was when they started the season at all. They're just about at second string at every position across the board. Bill's masterminded uh, play will show in this game when they beat Denver. No matter who the quarterback is, I'm going to take the Patriots to beat Denver and move on to 3-2. and two. I think Bill is going to run the ball heavily, especially if Cam isn't there, and just barely beat the Broncos and just be a better game manager than Vic Fangio. And Vic Fangio doesn't have much to work with in the first place. Bill still has a defense at least that's playing at a pretty good level to this point in the season. I don't really knock them for falling apart against the Chiefs because the Chiefs eventually are going to beat everyone in the NFL. In order to beat the Chiefs, you need a really high-powered offense. You need to put up 30 points in those first three quarters because in the fourth quarter, the Chiefs will come roaring back no matter what the lead is or what the game storyline has been to that point. With Cam Newton on this team, the Patriots are going to be around 500. They're going to lose to the better teams like you've seen this year. They're going to lose to the better teams like the Chiefs and the Seahawks. But they're going to be able to win the games they should win. That's why I have them at around 500. I think eight or nine wins is fair. Even seven wins is fair for the Patriots. Ten wins, and I think they overachieved. But they could do it. It's not crazy if this team gets ten wins this year with Cam Newton at quarterback. Now, without Cam Newton, if Cam can't get back out there this week, it's going to be a rough win for them still. They're going to have to work hard to win this game. They're going to need guys like Stephon Gilmore, guys on defense to make plays to get offense set up to put points on the board because I don't think the offense is going to be able to move on its own. Denver, as depleted as they are, still have a pretty decent defense and still have a pretty decent pass rush at that, even without Von Miller on the field. So without Cam, I see them being a five or six win team, honestly. Like I said in the beginning of the season, with Cam, you know, I bumped it up to eight and eight as my actual prediction when I looked at the schedule. But seeing that they're playing even better than I anticipated, I'd probably be safe with saying nine and seven or ten and six. For the Patriots this year so we'll see what happens in this game this is a test if the backup quarterback is in if they can tread water while Cam Newton is recovering from you know testing positive for COVID-19 there's signs saying that Cam might be ready to play if he can test negative a few times before the game Giants are traveling to Dallas to play the Dallas Cowboys I got a question for all y'all Dallas Cowboys fans are y'all still them boys the Cowboys has started extremely tough, man. Just a real, real bad start for the Cowboys this year. We are in a spot, you know, to possibly hit the panic button here with the Cowboys. This isn't good for them. <laughs> they're one and three. Fortunately for them, the Eagles are one and two and one at the top of the division, so they're still in the playoff hunt, which is ridiculous to me. They're clearly the more talented team than the Giants across the board. But the Giants have stuck in almost every game this season and been right there at the end with a chance to win, despite you know struggling to get a W in, in, in the win column. The Cowboys need to come out angry, and they need to hit. They need to smack the Giants in the mouth, honestly. They need to come out, and they need to dominate because everyone and their mothers right now is doubting Dak Prescott, even though he's having huge games. 
doubting Mike McCarthy as a coach and just doubting the Cowboys team in general. And it doesn't look good with your star or potentially your franchise quarterback on the franchise tag sitting at one and three. I've been saying it. I think Dak might be out of Dallas already. Like he might have already booked his ticket. Don't know for sure. They could still turn this around. They could still make the playoffs, like I said, and things could change. But looking at it right now, I can see Dak being out of Dallas because they don't have a successful year this year. If they don't make it to the NFC Championship game, at least I think it's unsuccessful for them. Then what's the point of bringing Dak back again? You know what I mean? You have everything on this offense at this point. It's just not working. And I don't think it's Dak's fault. Dak is out there hustling. Dak is out there balling. It's just a bad fit right now. It's just a bad fit. Mike McCarthy's scheme with Dak Prescott is just a bad fit right now. And you can see it because once they uh, go away from the game plan down big, it com- becomes a completely different game. just goes to show that the game plan and, and what they're trying to do to start each game just isn't working. And they need to just let the reins loose and let Dak go. And that's their best options. And that's what they do at those end of those games when they're trying to make these crazy comebacks every week. And when you give up 49 points on defense, it's just almost impossible to come back from that. I understand the offense turned the ball over a few times, putting the defense in bad situations, but 49 points. Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to take the Cowboys to beat the Giants, get a confidence win, and take the lead in the NFC Leagues because I have the Eagles losing to the Steelers this week. Moving on, we got the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Cleveland to play the Cleveland Browns. This is another really interesting game this week. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. They're both red-hot teams. You know, and I said it at the beginning of the season, the Colts are sneaky good extremely sneaky good. You don't realize how complete they are until you actually go and look at it. No one is putting up insane numbers on the team, and their defense is quietly playing at the highest level in the NFL right now. They are the best defense across the board in the NFL as we speak. The offense is very efficient, as I predicted they were going to be, because, you know, Philip Rivers is going to come in, and, and as he is, he is a turnover guy, but when he has a good defense, he knows how to play the game. He knows how to... You know, he's cool with that one touchdown, 175-yard game, as long as they get the win on the back of their defense. It's very impressive to see to make sure that they get points on almost every drive, at least a field goal on as many drives as they have in the game. And you can see that, that they at least move the ball on every drive. They get a first down on every drive. And that's a big deal in time of possession. It's a big deal in keeping the opposing offense off the field and keeping your defense fresh to dominate the way they have been. On the Browns' side of the ball, they need to keep the leash loose. You've seen what they've done the last couple weeks. In my opinion, and the quote I've been saying is, the Cleveland Browns have finally gotten the full potential out of the talent on this roster and on this offense specifically. The Cleveland Browns finally did it. They finally did what we've all been yelling for them to do for, what, the last five years? You know, that they've had this talented offense. Uh, you know, they drafted Baker a couple years ago. So it's good to see it. You know, it's not necessarily on the back of Baker. Baker's handing the ball off a lot. But, hey, if I'm Baker Mayfield, I'm completely fine with not being needed until I'm needed. And, and you know, that's going to come later on in the season when they need Baker Mayfield to go off and they play these tougher teams if they, if they can get into the playoffs, which I think they can. I definitely think they can. They're sitting at 3-1. and one. They're red hot right now. And if they can keep, you know, defenses on their toes with the, the variety and creativity offensively especially calling the plays offensively man they can beat just about any team in the nfl and i'll be honest with you you know i've doubted them the last couple weeks and the last couple weeks they have proved me wrong so this week i'm not gonna doubt the browns i'm gonna take them to beat the colts so there you go there's my hot take of the week browns beat the colts in cleveland moving on vikings traveling to seattle to play the seahawks don't need to talk about this one too much the vikings 
Finally got a big W last week against Houston, however, and unfortunately for them, they're about to run into a, a buzz saw in Seattle versus the undefeated Hawks. The 12th man may not be there because of the uh, COVID restriction, but the best quarterback in the NFL will be there. And no, I'm not talking about Kirk Cousins. Russell Wilson is going to shred up this young secondary, and if the Vikings want any chance of keeping up, they are going to need to put up big numbers. I don't see it happening. I think that the Seahawks are going to get an easy win against the Vikings this week, dropping them to 1-4. and four. Very disappointing season for the Vikings so far. Finally, Monday Night Football. I guess that was Sunday Night Football. My bad. I didn't bring that up. Monday Night Football, we have the Los Angeles Chargers, your Los Angeles Chargers, and my Los Angeles Chargers traveling to New Orleans to play the New Orleans Saints. And here we go. I'm taking the Saints to win this game. Enough said. I'm just kidding. I'll say a little bit. I don't really want to talk about it too much. I am a Chargers fan, if you guys don't already know. And it's a little frustrating being a Chargers fan the last couple of weeks, seeing that we you know, we potentially could be 3-1 and one right now. We potentially could be 4-0 and oh right now. But dumb mistakes have cost us games or blowing leads have cost us games. Very similar to the style of the Atlanta Falcons style play this year. When the defense is on, the offense struggles. And when the offense is on, the defense struggles. And that's kind of the story of the Chargers season so far. We can't get it all together at the same time in the same quarter. We gave up five touchdowns to a 40-year-old quarterback last week, and we could give up five touchdowns to a 40-year-old quarterback this week. How about getting in the history books in, in, in a bad fashion? <laughs> you know, Drew Brees tears up our secondary. I didn't expect Tom Brady to go off like that. I expected it to be a tight game. I expected it to be a defensive game. But, man, he let loose in that second half, and, and they just went after us, honestly. They just went after our defense, tested our depth, and we lost, and we failed the test. I see us falling to the Saints this week. I say us because I am a Chargers fan. But I think I think the Chargers hang in tough, as they've done in every game. And I think it's going to be another disappointment for me. Another close game. Another close loss for the Chargers. But fortunately, the schedule lets up after this week. And we can get some wins, hopefully, in the win column. A couple in a row would be nice. The Saints haven't been what we are used to of late. But I still look to see them win this game and win the games they should against the teams that they should beat. Uh, just maybe by smaller margins than we're used to seeing the Saints win in these, you know, less important games. This is a Monday Night Football game, so it will be interesting to see Justin Herbert under the bright lights and, and fun to watch this very young and very talented Chargers offense under the bright lights. But overall, when you roll out, you know, with, you know, five out of 11 starters on offense that rookie, are rookies, you know, and a couple on defense also, you know, against the New Orleans Saints, a team that good, don't look for the Chargers to be playing you know, upset. <laughs> and I mean, if they're going to, they could do it. You know, if the Saints sleep on them, the Saints have a bad first half and we jump out to a big lead. Um, I think Anthony Lynn's going to gonna be a little bit safer with the ball before halftime this time if that happens again. And we're going to see the Chargers possibly upset the Saints. But the Saints play at the level the Saints have been playing. You know, not even the best Saints football we've seen in the last couple of years, but just good still. The Chargers are probably going to fall to the Saints Monday night. So I'm taking the Saints to beat my Chargers on Monday Night Football. That's it for the NFL Pick'ems. Hopefully we can have a good week this week as we did last week. There's a couple close games. Hopefully uh, my opponents picked the wrong team and my predictions were the right team <laughs> to win in the NFL Pick'ems. Let's move on to the second and final topic. You got to know when to hold Never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time 
time enough for counting when the deal ends done. Two topics today, just because it's been a hectic day and a hectic week, and I got some stuff I still need to do today. I need to do it now, honestly. I probably should be doing it instead of recording a podcast episode, but I will put an episode out every week, no matter how busy I am. The second segment of the show this week is going to be Mike's Rules of Five. It's the first time I'm ever going to do this. I'm going to go through the young quarterbacks in the NFL that I have chosen, and I'm going to basically say, is this a one-year guy? Is this a five-year guy? Is this a 10-year guy? Or is this a 15-year guy in the NFL as a starter, really, you know, as a backup, I'm sure, you know, guys that don't make it as starters will become backups and long-time backups. But I'm talking about as a starter in the NFL for the team that they're on. Starting with Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen. Seeing the improvement that he has had this year and the, the jump that he has made this year in year four is ridiculous. And to think that he's probably going to keep improving is got to be scary for the rest of the AFC East and the rest of the AFC in general. He's boasting a very high 70% completion percentage. That is 12% higher than his 58% last season. His biggest knock in his whole career so far has been that he's inaccurate. Well, guess what? He's he's found <laughs> he's found the accuracy, man. He, he's playing at a very high clip right now, and he's completing passes at a very high percentage. He has over 1,300 yards through four games. That puts him on track for around 5K. That puts him on track for four 1,900 yards this season, which is ridiculous, and 12 touchdowns through the first quarter of the season, which means he's on track for almost 50 touchdowns as well, 48 touchdowns. Do I think he's going to end up hitting that? I don't know. And He's only thrown one interception, so he's on track to have a 5,000-yard, 50-touchdown, four-interception season. That's pretty ridiculous. That will be all-time record-breaking numbers that he is playing at right now as we speak. And to see him make the jump that he has made from last year to this year, and knowing the status of that division, I can easily say that Josh Allen has proven he's going to be a 15-year guy. And I'm putting the number 15 on Josh Allen in the NFL, especially if the, the Bills can keep getting wide receivers and keeping wide receivers like Stephon Diggs on this team. This guy can go to the moon. He could take the Bills possibly to the moon with him. Sam Darnold, here's a fun one. The Jets are literally ruining Sam Darnold's chances at having a great career. He has no offense around him. He never has had an offense around him. The defenses are getting after him on the pass rush. His offensive line is awful. I think Darnold could be an absolute baller. But with Gase remaining as the GM, or sorry, with Gase remaining as the head coach, I just see him ruining his career. And now he's injured, which makes things look even worse, especially if Joe Flacco can piece a win together while Darnold is out. If the NFL was in a state like it was when Darnold came into the league, I should say. I'd say he could go elsewhere and be successful. But heading into an offseason where we have two potential number one picks available at the quarterback position in Fields and Lawrence, and Dak should be hitting the market this offseason most likely, the only available job for Darnold would possibly be going to where Dak was in Dallas. I'm thinking Darnold is a backup quarterback after this season or a backup quarterback after his time in New York, which is coming to a close soon in my opinion. And he's, he's just in a bad situation. And it's a sad ending. I'm putting the one-year tag on Sam Darnold. I'm not even going to give him the five-year. I feel like he's at his five-year right now, and it's, it's not going well for him. Cleveland Browns quarterback Baker Mayfield. A very hot topic of conversation over the last season and a half or so. 
While the Browns are absolutely loaded on offense and now are finally rocking and rolling on offense, their quarterback is taking the backseat ride (laughs) to offer the other athletes on this team a chance to star. And that is really a great game plan by the offensive coordinator for for Cleveland and the head coach for Cleveland, Steven Stefanski. It's a big difference from last year. They're getting the full, you know, harvest of talent out of this offense, if you will. I've been saying it all week that that's my most, uh, the most impressive thing about the Browns to me is that they are finally getting the full potential of this offense. Defensively, they can still figure out some stuff. You know, the pass rush is good. They need to figure out the secondary and the linebacking core. But overall, the offense is finally clicking. But it isn't off of Baker Mayfield's crazy play. He's he's just treading water. He's he he's helping the offense by not turning the ball over, which is exactly what we need him to do this season. Holy crap, they are electric, man. They've been electric to this point in the season. The Browns are much scarier than anyone thought, and they're much scarier than they've been in previous seasons. But Baker Mayfield, he really isn't coming out of a shell. He isn't wowing me despite the great team performances. He will not have these guys around him forever. With a 20 INT season still haunting me in my head, I'm going to just go ahead and play it safe. I'm not going to put 10 years on Baker. I'm going to put 5 years, which gives me a nice little cushion of time to figure things out still. It's it's kind of weird that we're still trying to figure Baker out after, you know what, this is his third year in the league. So we'll see what happens, and we'll see how it goes for Baker and Cleveland. Moving on to the, your Los Angeles Chargers and my Los Angeles Chargers quarterback, Justin Herbert. He has the second most passing yards in the first three games of an NFL career ever. Herbert is learning and learning fast how to shred NFL defenses with that big arm of his. He went toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, and then a couple weeks later went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady, keeping up with them. The Chargers need to embrace this young quarterback. They need to give him the green light to close these games out, to step on the throats, to continue slinging it out until the end of the game. I'm going to go ahead and put 10 years on Herbert right now, seeing what I've seen. He reminds me a lot of when Patrick Mahomes came into the league and started balling that second season. Cincinnati quarterback, Joe Burrow. Burrow is another rookie that has been extremely impressive to this point. The best part for me with Joe Burrow and the most surprising part, I guess you would say, I wouldn't call it surprising, which is weird to see from a rookie, is his poise. This man looks bored out there, and I've said it multiple times. He's just chilling. He's just having another day at the office. This has been his job his whole life, and it's going to be his job for years to come. How many years? I'm about to tell you. The Cincinnati Bengals really need to focus on getting him an O-line or this man's going to get murdered before he even gets a chance to get his career going. He is getting hit and hit hard every week and still comes out of the hits unfazed for the next play, ready to take another hit if that's what it takes to help his team move the ball down the field and get wins. And that's very impressive to see from Joe Burrow. I think he's the real deal. I'm not going to put the 15-year on him yet because he is an older rookie. I'm going to put 10 years on Joe Burrow as a Cincinnati quarterback, and I think he's going to do very well in the next 10 years. If he can get an O-line in front of him, I will go ahead and place the 15-year stamp on Joe Burrow. But for now, we're going to stay at 10. And moving on to the hottest topic, this is the last quarterback I'm going to do for this week. I may do this again uh, in a couple weeks or, or maybe in a month or so. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. You guys all know my opinion on Dak. I've always been a big Dak believer. I like Dak Prescott as a quarterback. It's just not working in Dallas. 
This year, like every year, Dak's performances are borderline superhuman in some of these games. But despite his 450 yards or his four or five touchdowns in a game, the Cowboys cannot find a W. They cannot get the, the W at the end of the day. The fact that Dak is not signed is not a good sign for them boys. Not a good sign for Dak as far as being a Cowboy next season. And on top of that, they're 1-3 right now. So just things are not looking up for the Cowboys at all. you know. And it's not looking like Dak will be America's quarterback next season. But where will he go? I, do, I, I have no clue. I mean, the league has got a lot of young quarterbacks in it right now. A lot of roles are filled. I don't see anyone reaching for Dak unless you're like the New York Jets or something. Dak may come in and just take someone's job outright. Dak has a lot of, of gas left in the tank. Wherever he does land... I think Dak is going to continue to be a baller. I think he's going to be their franchise quarterback. And I'm going to give Dak a 15-year stamp. I think he's going to prove everyone wrong once he gets out of this situation in Dallas. I just think it's weird. There's so much pressure, and it's just it's just falling apart in general, not just Dak. Dak is actually still playing very well, as he did last year and as he did the year before. Just the Cowboys cannot get it together and put a win together at the end of the game, defensively, offensively, and special teams. They all just choke at the end of games. I'm going to say give me... T- 15 total years of Dak Prescott, and that's going to do it for this segment. Kind of kind of brief, kind of quick. I only did this many quarterbacks, I'm going to do this again maybe in a couple weeks. Maybe by like week eight, I'll do this again. That's it for this week. A little bit shorter episode. Uh, I apologize if you want some more. If you have not heard enough of my voice for this week <laughs> that's kind of a weird thing to say but yeah that'll do it uh just a reminder to go check us out on our social media platforms take a second right now also to follow us on your favorite podcast platform i've noticed that when i release it um, before i even start promoting in the mornings i usually have a couple of views that's from you guys that are following i appreciate you whoever you are where are, wherever you are if i know you if you're a complete stranger i appreciate you following the show i appreciate you supporting the show love doing this podcast I love doing the second podcast that I do now, the High Voltage Talk Show. And man, what a great week. I went viral. I went viral. Half a million views. Mike on the mic, representing. Name attached to it. (laughs) Anyways, thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great week. Go Chargers. I'm kidding. We're going to lose to the Saints. I gave you fair warning, beware, beware, I'll smack him in the middle.
was fair warning. Beware, beware. Smack him in the mouth. I gave you fair warning.